Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to be talking about growing spiritually together in marriage. And whether you're married or looking forward to marriage in the future someday, I hope that these principles will prove helpful. It's so easy to just focus on the emotional side of a marriage relationship and the practical side of a marriage relationship and neglect the importance of spiritual unity in marriage. And I remember before Eric and I were married, my dad telling us um, some words of advice that I still remember to this day, that the best way to build a relationship is to first lay a, a spiritual foundation and then emotional unity and then in marriage physical unity. But without that spiritual spiritual foundation, the emotional and physical side just seem to be based on the whim of how we're feeling that day, as opposed to spiritual unity is constant at all times because it's based on the unchanging truth and nature of Jesus Christ. So these are some practical ways that you can stay spiritually connected with your spouse. And I want to start out by just sharing with you Something that happened in my relationship with Eric, and when we began to learn how important it was to stay connected spiritually even after marriage, when we were falling in love, we had an unusual way of spending time together. We loved studying scripture and reading Christian biographies. In the beginning of our relationship, we actually entrusted our emotions to God, and we asked him to unite our hearts spiritually before we came united emotionally. And that was a lot to do with the advice that my dad gave us, cultivate spiritual unity first and then emotional unity. In past relationships, we'd both experienced that downward spiral that comes when emotions take over and lead the relationship. We wanted our love story to be built on a much stronger foundation, our mutual love for Jesus Christ in not just feelings of affection towards each other. So we were purposeful about it as we began to grow in our relationship. Instead of spending our time just watching movies, talking about our feelings for each other, or chatting about trivial things, we actually focused on growing together spiritually. We knew that we were headed towards marriage, and we also knew the importance of cultivating that spiritual unity. And we found that exploring God's word together was really exhilarating. We would get excited about the same spiritual truths and talk for hours about how those truths would impact our daily lives and our future decisions. We read biographies of men and women from Christian history who radically gave their lives to Jesus Christ, and we discussed the things that inspired us about their stories. Now, this may sound like a boring way to cultivate a romantic relationship, but nothing could be further from the truth. It was really incredible to become so like-minded about our convictions and our spiritual passions and our mutual love for God's word. We actually spent the majority of our time together focused on Christ, and as a result, I felt closer to Eric than I ever could have if we'd entered our relationship based on just shallow communication and trivial pastimes. And then we got married and we found that staying spiritually connected was a bigger challenge than we would have expected because suddenly we had work pressures and we were uh, we had a home to take care of. Just the responsibilities of living that married life made it harder to spend time growing together spiritually, reading God's word and studying Christian history. Our lives just became a lot busier. And often at the end of the day, we were really felt too tired to spend hours examining scripture or reading biographies like we had done in the early part of our love story. 
And slowly, without even realizing what was happening, we replaced a lot of our times of prayer and spiritual growth with times of just vegging in front of movies or doing other just mindless activities that did not have much spiritual benefit. Now, of course, it was healthy to do fun and relaxing things together. But after the first few years of our marriage, we began to notice that we were no longer really thriving in our relationship with Christ or cultivating that spiritual connection with each other. We still believed all the same things. We were having regular quiet times, but that spiritual passion that we'd been so strong in in our younger years and in, in the beginning of our relationship had be really begun to fade because we had replaced our spiritual growth with entertainment and trivial pastimes. And it really did impact our relationship with Christ and also our spiritual unity. Several years into our marriage, we made a purposeful decision to replace mindless pastimes and temporal distractions with eternally focused activities and really focus on cultivating that spiritual unity once again. So instead of vegging in front of movies and mindlessly channel surfing, we begin to use our free time for prayer and studying scripture again. Instead of using our free time to just surf the internet or read mystery novels, we begin to read powerful biographies and challenging Christian books. It was definitely not easy to make these changes, and I think I've talked about this time in our lives in other podcasts, but I would say it was the most important decision that we ever made spiritually outside of giving our lives to Christ. And that's a pretty big statement. We found that making time for spiritual growth, for building our lives around Christ, instead of just fitting him in whenever it was convenient, radically transformed our Christianity. We began to have a true passion for Jesus Christ once again. We were not just going through the motions of Christianity. Our lives and our hearts were focused on eternity, not just the passing pleasures of this life. And one of the most significant things that happened during that, what I would call a revival season, was that we grew closer as a couple than we'd ever been before. And it really wasn't from attending marriage retreats or going to marriage counseling that strengthened our marriage. It was purposeful time in the presence of God, sharing his burdens and growing closer to him together. Now, we are purposeful about cultivating our own individual relationships with him as well, but there's something extremely powerful about a husband and a wife seeking God with a unified passion and fervency. Nothing can infuse a marriage and family with strength the way a married couple sharing a common desire to make Jesus Christ the highest priority of their daily lives can. And if you're a parent and you want your child to be passionate about the things of God, to study his word and grow spiritually, it's so important to remember that our spiritual passion directly affects theirs. We can't expect our children to have the holy fire of God burning in their hearts if we don't first have it in ours. It says in James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We can't expect spiritual growth to just sort of happen automatically. We need to be proactive to seek God and make a purposeful effort to draw near to him by his grace. And the exciting thing is that he has promised to draw near to us as we take those steps to draw near to him. If you and your spouse are ready to grow together in Christ and infuse your marriage with spiritual strength, here are some practical ways to get started. And if you're not married, tuck these ideas away for the future. The first principle is to grow together spiritually and to be purposeful about it. In the hustle and bustle of family life, 
planning time to grow spiritually with your spouse can feel next to impossible at times. But it's kind of like cultivating a thriving prayer life. Growing spiritually won't happen unless you set aside purposeful time for it. Even if you and your spouse can only plan an hour once a week to go through a Bible study, read a Christian biography, or study scripture together, you will see tremendous spiritual benefits in your home and marriage if you make these times a priority. Eric and I love listening to Christian audiobooks, especially biographies, at night before we go to bed while we're getting other things done around the house. Hearing or reading the same stories about God's work in other believers' lives sparks some amazing conversations between us, and it helps our prayers become sharper and more focused. We love listening to classic sermons by people like David Wilkerson, Leonard Ravenhill, Paris Reedhead, Keith Green, and other passionate preachers. And when we're working on a project together or driving long distances in the car, we will often listen to the Word of Promise audio Bible, or there's lots of other audio Bibles that you can download. Even if we don't have time to sit down and read something together, just listening to those edifying, life-giving words of Scripture and powerful truths by devoted Christians can make a tremendous impact upon our spiritual lives. Whenever we are able to go out on a date night, we often talk about the stories and the truths that have challenged us or impacted us from the books that we've been listening to. And the fact that we've both been hearing the same stories, sermons, and scriptures makes it that much easier to share in each other's spiritual journeys. So prayerfully consider what simple steps you and your spouse can plan to take for spiritual growth. Is there a time daily or weekly when you can both listen to an audiobook, a sermon, or an audio Bible? Can you set aside an hour on the weekend to explore scripture together? Ask God to show you some simple steps to take, and you will be amazed at the like-mindedness that begins to flow into your marriage. The second key principle is to go together. And what I mean by this is when you attend impactful Christian events, as much as possible, do that together. I'll never forget hearing about a local pastor in our community. He was at a low point in his life. He was burned out and just had some problems and issues in his life, and he needed a spiritual getaway. He wanted to have time to recharge his batteries and get perspective on his life. But instead of taking a retreat with his wife and family, he chose to go alone. So he flew to another state, he checked into a hotel, and just was by himself, and he attempted to get spiritually refueled on his own without the distraction, quote-unquote, of his family being there with him. But that trip actually ended in disaster. He was floundering in his spiritual life and feeling disconnected from his wife and children, and he ended up getting involved with another woman. What had started out as a much-needed spiritual retreat ended up destroying his marriage, his family, and his ministry. Now, there are likely many factors that led to this series of events in his life, but the fact that he chose to disconnect and, quote, escape from his wife and his family was a big part of the issue. It's not, it's not always wrong to get away by yourself and spend time with God, but when you have that attitude like, I just need to get away from my family, I need to remove that distraction from my life, then that's a, a warning sign that maybe you have the wrong perspective. The enemy loves to see families disconnect from each other. If he can convince us that we deserve a break from the demands of family life and the responsibilities of marriage, he can set us up for heartache and even moral failure. 
women's retreats, mom's nights out, guys' camping trips, and men's conferences certainly can have their place in our lives. But be sure that you and your spouse are also purposeful about going to events, conferences, retreats, and getaways together as well. If you and your spouse are constantly having separate experiences and learning things apart from each other, you won't be able to share life, make memories, and grow together the way that God intended you to. So for every night or weekend that you spend away from your spouse, be sure that you and your spouse have far more nights and weekends spent together. Whenever possible, let time apart be the exception and not the rule. Beware of thoughts that say, I just need a break from my family. I want time away from my spouse for a while. I need to focus on me. These are dangerous ideas to cultivate. Our society encourages us to protect our individuality and remain a separate entity from our spouse and our children, but this is actually the opposite of God's pattern. You and your spouse are one flesh. He is part of you and you are part of him. God didn't intend us to try to get away from our own flesh. In fact, when speaking about marriage, Christ said, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Now, this doesn't mean you can never take time away by yourself, like I said earlier, but if your attitude is one of escaping from your spouse rather than becoming refreshed and strengthened so that you can serve him even better, the enemy will win a victory and your marriage and family will suffer. If attending a conference or going on a spiritual retreat with your spouse doesn't work for you practically, look for things that you can do as a couple that will cause you to grow close together in your relationship and closer to Jesus Christ. Maybe meet with other godly couples for an evening of prayer Bible study. Watch a powerful Christian film together and have a discussion about it afterwards. When you do significant things together, instead of always sharing those experiences with your girlfriends, you will discover a tremendous sense of unity, purpose, and spiritual like-mindedness in your marriage, and your marriage and family will reap the benefits. Now, if your spouse is apathetic towards the idea of growing together spiritually, remember that all is not lost. Continue to diligently pray that God will change your spouse's heart and give him the passion and motivation to take the lead in your growth as a couple. Instead of nagging or complaining, continue to cheerfully love him, encourage him, and set a beautiful example of what a Christ-centered life looks like. The Bible says that even unbelieving husbands can be won to Christ without a word simply by the honorable conduct of their wives. That is an exciting opportunity. And next podcast, I'm going to be sharing part two of growing together spiritually in your marriage. And we're going to be focused specifically on how to build a powerful prayer life with your spouse. But here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. No matter where you are at in your marriage, remember that God cares more about your spiritual like-mindedness as a couple than even you do. So if you take steps forward to grow spiritually with your spouse, God will assist you with his guidance, his wisdom, and his faithfulness. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like more encouragement on growing together spiritually with your spouse, please visit us at setapartgirl.com and look at the Vibrant Marriage online course that we have available. This is four weeks of teaching on how to really cultivate a Christ-centered marriage. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.